Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Good evening, and welcome to our Wednesday night Lifeline Bible study here at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. So glad to have you here online with us. And we are looking to sharing from God's Word tonight. It has been a rainy day, but it has been a beautiful day that God has made. And I pray that you are delighting in Him. Then welcome. Thank you for watching our live stream and uh, looking forward to what God has in store for us tonight. So just, just make yourself at home. Uh, Turn that down very quickly. Uh, make yourself right there at home, and I pray that God would speak to you. We are going to be in Exodus chapter 3 is where I'm going to read tonight. I'll, I'll point out a few other places. But Exodus chapter 3, we'll get there in just a moment, is I want to share a message with you regarding God's call or regarding God's calling. And I want to look at what I've been looking at in the reading of our, our chronological Bible reading that I've been doing. I've been inviting you to do along with us, uh, here with me, and, and, and invite you, if you're watching, to join with us in a chronological Bible reading uh, this year as we're going to read through the Bible together. And I just have to tell you that God has been speaking to me. God has been doing so many wonderful things, showing me so many wonderful things. Some things that made me say, how on earth did I not see this before? Other things that he's reminded me of. It's just been a blessing. And if you're not reading along with this, I invite you to. If you're not reading God's word, dive in. But reading God's word is necessary for the Christian, but also the way I'm reading it this year is just a little different than I normally would read it, and I invite you to do the same thing, and I pray that God would speak to you, and God will speak to you because it is His Word, and I pray that He will show you things wonderful and true. But thank you again for being here tonight. Just a little uh, reminder that you are, as always, invited to join us in person on Sunday, 9.45, our, our small group Sunday school, then 10.45, our morning worship and message. Also, we invite you to join every week, Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, right now, our Lifeline Bible study, and then also 7 o'clock, our youth hangouts, ages 3 up through high school through college even. If you want to come, uh, you're welcome to do that. And we meet down in the fellowship hall, and you are invited to join us there. Time of snacks, time of refreshment, time of fellowship, and a time of uh, Bible study there with our young people as well. Looking forward to many other exciting things to happen here at Pleasant Hill. Uh, thank you if you've already signed up on the uh, Spaces app. Uh, which connects into our website, our new website that we have here at Pleasant Hill, phbc.online. Of course, if you're watching right now, uh, then you at, at, uh, on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, then you are on our website and you have found it. Uh, but we also do offer uh, a podcast uh, and the podcast of our sermons. We're also going to be adding podcasts of devotional thoughts that will be coming in the days to come. Uh, but there are already some podcasts of past 
past two Wednesdays and the past Sunday that are there that you can listen just the audio and you can see many of the things that are there. You can submit prayer requests right there through the website uh, in that contact us form. It's got a place for a prayer request and you can mark confidential. If you only want me to see it and pray about it, that's fine. Mark that yes for confidential. If you want me to share with the prayer team, just mark that no, not confidential, and we'll share it with the prayer team. But many things that we're trying to do, many different ways that we're trying to reach out. I know that not all of these ways may apply to you, uh, but they may apply to someone else. And there may be something else that does not apply to them that applies to you. But we're trying to offer much more from Pleasant Hill in the sharing of the Word of God, in glorifying the name of God. So all that being said, let's pray tonight, and then we're going to share. In fact, let me go ahead and share the prayer requests with you very quickly, and then we will pray, and then we'll dive in to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And uh, the prayer request is, is normal, and I uh, pray for Marianne and for Jimmy, uh, Marianne in particular, but also for Jimmy for strength as he cares for her, still getting her strength at home, but keep them in your prayers if you would. Remember Jerry and Elaine, especially Elaine, still battling blood sugar issues and just keep her in your prayers if you would if you had not heard then sarah rigdon that's uh sammy and rosalie's daughter is doing better and she is back at home uh do you remember trent muir that's the young man uh uh, uh nancy and john uh, i'm sorry uh, not nancy and john nancy's sister and brother-in-law uh, their grandson's friend trent muir is battling cancer young man battling cancer uh, also remember Liz Holmes, uh, she is going to be going back soon. Uh, most of the month of February, she will be in Houston doing tests and doing transfusions. Been praying for her for a long time. Been a wonderful blessing to be able to be part of uh, being able to spend some time with her at basketball games at school. And she's just a dear friend, but pray for her and for John and for that family is uh, she has much more to face. Of course, remember our shut-ins, Frank and Gloria, Francis Merck, Eileen Medlin, Ruthie Owen, Dude Maccabee, Bud and Wilhelmina Alexander. Remember those in your prayers, if you would, as well. Also, remember uh, Sam Morrison. Sam is going to be having major surgery on February the 16th, so just a few weeks away. He had been sick, been battling some sickness, and before he could do his pre-op, he had to kind of be over those things. And I understand he was, uh, but pray for him as he'll be having major surgery on February the 16th. Again, that's a friend of mine. And also continue to remember uh, uh, Haley Swift, uh, my friend Andrew that passed away more than a year ago now, her husband uh, in an early age. And she has two young children. And I've just uh, been praying for her this week. And I just ask again, remind you again to lift her up in prayer. Haley Swift, if you would, please. All right, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. And then we will dive into our reading in Exodus chapter 3. Dear Father, we do thank you and praise you. Father, we glorify your name. We thank you for your many blessings. Father, I thank you personally for what you've been doing, how you've been speaking, how you've been 
real in my life. And Father, I just pray that you would be real in the lives of others, that you'd be showing them just as you're showing me. And Father, they would dive into your word and God, that they would have a hunger for the word of God. And Father, thank you for the renewed vision, the renewed hunger that you have given me. And God, I just pray that you would help us as a church be all that we ought to be and grow like we ought to grow. And God, I just pray that you would do a work and a wonder in us. And Father, I pray you do a work and a wonder in Marianne and her health. And Father, I pray that you just touch her and her body and, and work in, in, in her strengthening and in her mind and be with Jimmy as well, give him the strength that he needs, help them to keep their eyes on you, I pray. And Father, I thank you that they are. But Father, you work in their lives. Father, for Elaine, Father, her blood sugar. Father, I pray that you just continue to watch over her and strengthen her body. And, and Father, just to help that regulate. And Father, I pray that you'd also be with uh, Trent Muir. And Father, uh, with the battle of cancer that he has, we thank you for the good report regarding Sarah. And Father, I pray that you'd also be Liz Holmes. Father, watch over her and John as they travel back and forth to, to Houston and Texas and spend the majority, uh, uh, Liz spends the majority of time there in Texas. Father, I pray about the insurance issues that you'd straighten those out. And Father, I pray that you would be uh, with them. Father, also for our shut-ins, watch over them, I pray. Uh, touch them, work in their lives, give them strength, get, draw them close to you. And Father, I pray that you'd also uh, be with Norman Absey. I didn't mention him, but Father, for Norman and, and our shut-in list, and Father, just touch his life. And Father, also for Haley and for uh, her children. Father, I pray that you'd watch over them, bless them. Be with Tracy, she's been battling a little bit of a cold, a little bit of a virus of some kind. Father, I pray that you'd be with her as well. Be with us as we look in your word, as we look at the life of Moses and the calling that you put on his life, and help us to apply that to our lives and our day today. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. All right, look, in Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, I want you to see the calling of Moses, and then I want you to see several things that in that calling and how it certainly applies to us. So if you would, in Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians. 
and out of the hand uh, out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people and the children out of Israel out of Egypt. So now we see this miraculous call of Moses. And I'm sure that you are familiar, and if you are not, I'll just refresh your memory. Uh, in the reading of, of, of the Bible, as you go through Genesis, you come to the story of Jacob, and Jacob has the 12 sons. The 11th son is Joseph. Joseph is the favored son. Joseph is hated by his brothers. Joseph is sold into slavery at the age of 17 years old, is sold into slavery in Egypt. There he becomes a ruler, or, or he becomes a, uh, uh, well, he becomes in charge of handling Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife then lies about him, saying that he tried to assault her or rape her when in fact she was pursuing after him and he would have nothing to do with it. Joseph gets thrown into prison, is in prison, and then uh, interprets some dreams of some prisoners there, eventually comes out of prison and interprets the dreams of Pharaoh, and then is installed as a ruler or under a ruler under uh, uh, the Pharaoh in Egypt because of his plan of saving Egypt from famine. They have seven good years and seven poor years. We're not going to take time to get all into that, other than the fact that's how then Jacob, his father, eventually comes down with their brothers into Israel for the food. And Joseph, of course, reveals himself, brings them down. Pharaoh gives him the best place in all of Egypt to live. And then Joseph dies. And it says in chapter 1, when Joseph died, and then all that generation, and then a new Pharaoh that did not know Joseph comes on the scene, and he sees the children of Israel, the Hebrew children, and that they are many, and that they are mighty, and he says, this is a problem, and he's going to make them, or he makes them into slaves. And then as he makes them into slaves, he also uh, decides we're going to kill all the firstborn or all the males, rather. And then in that killing of the males, Moses would have been one of those babies that would have died, but his mother puts them in a basket, sails him on down the river. Pharaoh's daughter finds him and adopts him into the family. Joseph, then then uh, Moses then sees later, as he grows up, he sees the Hebrew children that are his people being tormented, and, and make a long story short, he ends up fleeing from Pharaoh, ends up in the desert in Midian, tending sheep there, and that's where God calls him. That's just getting you caught up quickly. Now, in all that time leading up to where we're at, we find Moses there getting a call from God. Now, let me give you this, add this to the introduction here. There are basically two kinds of calling that God places on people's life. One is the call to salvation. 
God invites us to salvation. God pricks our hearts. God works in our lives and, and stands the door and knocks. He says in, in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting not life. And the Bible says, Whosoever will may come, and all who repent and confess their sins, put their faith in Jesus Christ, can be saved. And so there's a call to salvation. That is the first call that you have on your life. And if you are under the sound of my voice right now and you've never been saved, then God is calling and saying the door knocking. I've now told you, and so now you must answer. You ignore, you can say, I don't believe, or you can say, yes, I believe that God loves me. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. And I, I need that salvation because I'm a sinner and I repent. I turn away from that sin and I believe by faith what Jesus did on the cross and in that alone and we are saved. And so that's the first calling. The second calling takes place to anybody that accepts the first calling, and that is a call to follow him as a disciple and to serve the Lord and to serve him in gladness. The first calling is a prerequisite for the second. You can't follow the Lord as a disciple. You cannot serve the Lord if you haven't, become, if you haven't been saved and have your sins forgiven. And the call to follow him and serve him is the call that I want to focus on tonight. Okay, so I just touched on, because it's Wednesday night, I just touched on the first call to salvation, but now the rest of the time I'm going to be talking to those who are saved and the call to follow him as a disciple, to follow, follow, him, follow him and be his, to serve him, that's the calling that Moses had. Now, they didn't call it a disciple back then, but certainly he called Moses to fulfill a purpose, and God has a purpose for you just like he did Moses. And so therefore, just like the calling to Moses, we can learn and apply the, the different aspects of Moses' calling to our lives. Doesn't mean that we're called to deliver people, uh, a nation out of the land of Egypt. Doesn't mean that we are, are called to be shepherds in the backside of the desert in Midian, uh, on the backside of the of mountain of, of Horeb or Mount uh, 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 there in the, in the desert. But it does mean that God has a purpose and a calling for you if you are a child of God. And so I want to take a look at this life of Moses and his call and see how it applies to our life. Number one, I want you to see that God provides and preserves the called. And what I mean by that is God is at work in your life. And God was at work in the situation around you. He was in the work of the situation around the children of Israel and the Hebrew children and Moses. And I want you to see that God will provide and has provided and will continue to provide and preserve you for the purpose to which he has called you. Now, he calls us to different purposes. The, the, again, when I say different purposes, there's a general purpose to glorify God and to be messengers of the gospel. But some he calls to pastors, some he calls to teachers, some he calls to engineers and to firefighters and all kinds of things. But no matter where you're at, as we are going, we are called to tell people how to be saved and then what to do in following Jesus once they're saved. That's the Great Commission. We had that conversation, that talk, that message a couple of weeks ago. 
But God provides a miraculous provision in order for you to accomplish your calling. And God certainly did for Moses. It was a terrible time of slavery, of persecution. And God provided, and God's calling comes in all kinds of times. Meaning there's good times, there's times of peace, there's times of war, there's times of famine, there's times of holocaust, there's, there's times of joy, there's all kinds of times and God calls in all of them. And this was certainly a time of great trouble for Israel that God called, but he provided a miracle in calling Moses, but he provided a miracle in Moses being born. Again, we talked briefly about it, but Moses was supposed to be put to death, but his mother did not do it, and then she put him in a basket when he could no longer be kept quiet, and then God miraculously provided for that basket to float down the river and find its way to Pharaoh's daughter. It was a miracle, and God will provide a miracle for your calling and your preservation as well. We all get worried what if i don't get to where god wants me to be you will all as long as you follow god you will always get to where god wants you to be don't worry about that don't be fretful and fearful about that as long as you are following god you will get to where he wants you to be now where he wants you to be may be different than where you think you he wants you to be maybe different than where initially you want to be Certainly Moses didn't want to be in the backside of the desert, I don't think. But God got him eventually, miraculously, to where he wanted to be. God provided and preserved Moses as a baby. God provided and preserved Moses and his upbringing in Pharaoh's house. By the way, that was a fantastic miracle because Moses was being trained in the Egyptian rituals, the Egyptian traditions, the Egyptian culture, so that one day he could come back and have a foothold already in that Egyptian culture. But God also provided and preserved by training him in the desert, in that as a shepherd in Midian. Why? Because God knew that part of his calling was going to be to lead the people out of danger in Egypt. And as a shepherd, he learned to lead the flock and to protect the flock and tend the flock and deal with the flock. And so, therefore, also, he learned how to cope in the wilderness. Whether you want to call it a desert, whether you want to think of sand and barrenness, or whether you just want to think of wide open nature, no matter what it is, it was in the middle of nowhere, not near cities, that Moses was going to lead the people from Egypt, a civilization, to the promised land. And so, therefore, God was preparing, God was, uh, God, God was providing, and God was preserving him for that call. And God will do the same in your life. I can look at my life, and I can see how... It doesn't mean that every decision I made was correct. Every decision Moses made wasn't correct. But... God got me to where he wanted me to be. Uh, he wants me to be right here at Pleasant Hill. And until he says otherwise, that's where I'm going to be by the grace of God. But Moses ended up in the desert. That's not where Moses perhaps thought he was supposed to be, but it's where God wanted him until God met him there and then said, now go back to Egypt. 
Number two thing, very quick, because I can't take forever doing these, but God, God's call involves God's timing. God's call involves God's timing. Understand this, it was a time of great tribulation, if you will, great persecution for the nation of Israel. Jacob's descendants, the Hebrews, again, they were slaves in the land of Egypt. Now, how long were they slaves? Now, we know the Bible tells us that they were there for 430 years to the day when they came out. God told Abraham hundreds of years before that you're going, your descendants are going to be foreigners or in a, are going to be in a foreign land for 400 years, and they were. But they weren't slaves the entire time. How long were they slaves? We don't know exactly. We know that Joseph was 37 or well 39 years old when his brothers first came down into Egypt. He was 17 when he was sold into slavery. 13 years goes by before he gets out of goes from being a slave to in prison. 13 years later, at the age of 30, he meets Pharaoh and interprets his dream. And then there's seven good years, that's 37. And then two years into the seven years of famine, that's 39 years old, is when Jacob's bro or Joseph's brothers come down into Egypt. All right, and so then therefore, after that, there's 61 years before Joseph, I'm sorry, 71 years before Joseph dies because Joseph's 110 years old when he dies. All right, now one of his brothers lived to be 147, if I'm remembering correctly, and it says that Joseph died in all that generation, and that, a, that Pharaoh died, and another Pharaoh comes on the scene, doesn't tell us exactly the immediate one or what, that did not know Joseph. So you probably think a couple generations, and then he's the one that makes them into slaves. So we don't know exactly how long, but we know it was at least 80 years because Moses, as we're going to find out, is 80 years old when God calls him at the burning bush to go back. And so therefore, and Israel was slaves when Moses was born. And so therefore, it's been at least 80 years. And you have to figure it was a number of years before that. So close to 100 years, maybe, but at least 80 years that they had been slaves in Egypt. And so therefore... Here we are, it's a grand time, of, and for 80 years at least, God allowed the children of Israel to be tormented, persecuted as slaves. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that for 80 years, uh, or for 100 years, they've been killing babies. They were made slaves first, and then when that didn't work to crush the spirit of the Hebrews, then they started killing the firstborn, or the male children, rather. And so, therefore, for 80 years, they had been slaves, and before that, they also were under persecution, and God hadn't done anything, or hadn't brought them out. And that's my point, again, is that God is still at work, even when God uh, is not answered, perhaps the way you want Him to answer, that does not mean that God is not at work. 
The people were in distress. The situation was desperate. But just because God delays does not mean that God is working. Catch that. Understand that. If that does not mean God not answering or not making you a clear answer does not mean that God is not at work. So, therefore, God, uh, God's timing, God call, God's call involves God's timing. Number three thing, God's call involves flawed people. You say, well, listen, God can't use me. God can't do things with me. You don't know where I've been, preacher. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've uh, dealt with. You don't know the things, that, that, how I've run from him. Whatever it is, I just heard about somebody the other day, and I'm not going to say their name out loud, but I was told about somebody the other day that had uh, made a profession of faith or made sure they were saved, in fact, believe they got saved because they said, I prayed a prayer when I was young, but I'm tired of running from God, and that person is, is not a child. Child. That person is not a teenager. That person is not in college. That person is a grown man. That person has children. That person is not that far from my age. And my point is this. Doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Doesn't matter how long you've delayed in coming to God and answering the call to salvation. God has a purpose and a plan for you. God has a purpose and a plan for for you. And you say, well, I'm flawed. God, God's call involves flawed people. And let me just show you again, I know I'm not going to take time to go back and read every verse, but understand that Moses was a flawed person. Moses was a flawed person. You say, well, what do you mean he was flawed? Well, Moses, first of all, was a murderer. You go back in, in, in chapter 2, all right, and in chapter 2 tells a story of his birth, but as Moses grows, in fact, near the age of 40 or approximately 40 years old, Moses comes out and he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, an Israelite, and Moses kills the Egyptian and buries him in the sand. In fact, verse 12 Verse 11, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. You say, well, he was justified. Well, no, he wasn't justified. His life wasn't in danger. It was somebody else perhaps was and say, well, that was justified. It's still murder. And then he fled the scene and tried to cover it up. He was a flawed person. Not only was he a murderer, but also he was a failed negotiator because the next day he sees two Hebrews fighting and he tries to break up that and intervene in that. And the one says to the other, says, who made you a judge over us? And so therefore he was a failed mediator negotiator. Not only that, but he was a felon on the run because because the other Hebrew says, are well, you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian? And then Moses says, but people are going to hear about this and they're going to seek my life. And Pharaoh did hear about it and he sought his life. And that's why at the age of 40, Moses flees into the desert into Midian. Moses lives in exile 
were 40 years in exile. You say, well, it's been a long time and I've run from God for a long time or God has been silent or I haven't talked to God in a long time. I haven't read my Bible in a long time. I haven't prayed in a long time. Does not matter. Moses was 40 years in the wilderness and you can be called just like Moses was. Isn't that interesting? God uses flawed people. We can go back and talk about David was a murderer. We can go back and talk about how uh, we, we can go back and we can talk about how Gideon was a coward. We can talk about how Peter was a hothead. We can talk about all kinds. Paul guilty of murder. God used them all. Just because you have mistakes in your past does not mean that God cannot use you. If you've answered the call to salvation, God can use you. If God can save you, He can use you. And if He couldn't use you, He would just take you on to heaven right now. But He has a purpose and a plan for you. Number three. No, I'm sorry, Number four. that was number three. Number four. God's call is not dependent God's call is not dependent on those to whom we are called. Meaning this, okay, so I'm reading in my chronological reading. This jumped off the page at me. I'm telling you, God's Word came alive. And in our reading, my sometimes when I'm just reading, I will read the, the, the whole story. I want to get the whole context. Well, in my plan for reading through the Bible, it basically it's three or four chapters a day. In my reading, I'm a, I'm a week ahead of the church because I want to be ahead. But my reading came to chapter four. It was chapters three. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It came, yes, it was chapters up to chapter four. And then four was the next day. Well, when I read chapter four the next day, it begins with Moses answered and said. Well, what's Moses answering? He's answering God's call. God said, I want you to go to, to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. I want you to go to the elders of Israel, and I want you to say, hey, God is going to set us free, and he's going to use me to, do, to lead you out. And Moses says in verse 1, and this is what jumped off the page of me, Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken or listen unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared to thee. Here's what I want you to understand. God did not call you and me, God did not call us to tell and to minister to only those who will listen and believe. Did you get that? God didn't just call you to people who are going to listen to you. God didn't call you to tell people just who will believe you. Moses said, they're not going to believe me, but God called them anyway. Moses said, they're not going to listen to me, but God said, go tell them anyway. And Moses begins to give his excuses out of fear, out of whatever, laziness, intimidation, guilt, whatever it might be. But God doesn't accept Moses' excuse. He doesn't accept our excuses. 
He calls flawed people, and His call is not dependent upon those to whom we are called, meaning Moses was called to go to the king of Egypt. Moses was called to go to address the Egyptians. Moses was called to address the leaders of the Hebrews. He wasn't just called to tell his neighbor. Now, we're called to tell our neighbor, and perhaps Moses did tell his neighbor, but Moses wasn't called to nobody's. Moses was called to somebody's. But God said, don't worry about who I called you to. You just go tell who I told you to. Moses, by the way, didn't feel... I'll get to that in a second. Moses uh, knew that there would be those that would not believe him. He knew there would be those that would not listen to him. But guess what? God knew that too. Back in chapter 3, God had already told him... Pharaoh's not going to listen to you. Pharaoh's, I'm going to harden his heart, and he's going to refuse you. There are those that God sends us to that he knows are not going to listen to us, that he knows are not going to believe us. But we still are to tell them. Don't miss that. Number five. Uh, five. And again, I'll just say this one last time. We are not called to only those who will listen and believe. We are called to whom and to where God sends us to go and to whom God sends us to. Number five, God's call is not dependent on our ability. God's call is not dependent on our ability. Moses begins to give them all these excuses. First, he says, well, they're not going to listen. They're not going to believe me. And God says, I know that, but you go anyway, and I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you signs. He tells us about going down the staff, and it becomes a snake, and taking a hand that becomes leprous, and then heals it. And he said, well, wait a minute. God's going to do that for me? No, he's not. Perhaps. Perhaps he will. But I don't think for most of us, he tells us to throw down a snake and turn or a sap and turn to a snake, then pick the snake back up and it turns into a staff. But what he says is this: Don't give me your excuses. I'll listen. I will give you the ability and I will give you the signs that you need to prove who I am, or that I've sent you, that I've appeared to you. So go and tell them they listen to you or not, but I'm going to give you some authority. I'm going to give you some power. And God does the same for you and for me, and it's called our testimony. God works in our lives. You wonder why everything's not hunky-dory, peachy keen, and smooth as silk for you? Because God, if he had you that were just that way, then people say, well, he's got everything that he could ever want. Of course he follows God. Remember what the devil said about Job? Well, is he, is he believing God for naught? You bless his life. He's got everything he possibly could want. So God says, I'm going to give you some signs. I'm going to give you a testimony so that people will say, look at that. Those things have happened, and he still follows God. Those things are happening, and he still has a different kind of attitude. And I'm telling you that Moses did not feel qualified. Moses did not feel like he was a good speaker. Moses did not feel like he could be convincing. He says, who am I to go? And I'm slow of tongue, and they won't believe me. But I want you to understand this. God gives a authority and power in his calling and God will equip you to what he has called you to and I'll say it this way is this God does not call the equipped he equips the called 
He gave Moses those signs and wonders. He gives us signs and wonders of our testimony. And the last thing I want you to see is God is your call or God's call is not dependent upon your age. You ready for this? Moses, I've already told you this, but Moses was 80 years old when God called him. That's old. If you're 80, I'm sorry, you're old. My dad's 80 years old. He's old. Not going to get into a whole thing about what's old. I've always said who's 20 years older than whatever you are is old. And so therefore, if you're 80, you think 100 is old. But still, 20 years older than what you are is old. But Moses, by all accounts, is old. And you might say, well, wait a minute. In the Bible, didn't they live longer? I mean, Joseph lived to be 110. People around this time were living. Moses, Abraham lived to be 175, and in general, it was steadily declining at this point. And you have Methuselah, 969 years old, but now it's steadily declining. Joseph lived to be 110. His brother Levi, I think, lived to be 147. Moses eventually dies at 120. So he, I'll just take Moses' life. 120 years old, and two-thirds of his life was gone before God ever called him. So therefore, if we live to be 75, then around the age of 50-ish, middle 50s, right? I'm not even doing my math here in my head. But if we live to be 75, that's the average lifespan. And that means a person who was 55 or so, that would be the place where Moses was in his lifespan. Two-thirds of the way through. But it doesn't matter. It does not matter how old you are. That's the point that I want to get across to you. Simeon and Annas in the New Testament serving in the temple, they were old. Abraham and Sarah had children when they were old. You're not too old. Your life is not wasted. God has been at work. When you surrendered a call to be saved, God was at work up until that point for your salvation and then for you to surrender and say, God, I'll follow you. Don't go wherever you say to go. God's at work up to that point in your life. It's not a waste. That doesn't mean that we ought not to decide today. I'm simply saying that what time has gone past, you can't go back and change, but we can say it is not a waste. It's not too late. You are not used up. You are not past your prime for God. <laughs> I like that. You are not past your prime for God. You say, well, wait a minute, I'm not old. Well, it's also not too young. Joseph was 17 years old when he was sold into slavery and began to serve in Potiphar's house. He was 30 years old when he began to serve as a ruler in Egypt. Not too old, but also you can't be too young. Oh, my friends, your age, or God's call is not dependent on an age for you or for me. Friends, I hope you see these things from, from Moses. I hope you see that it's not too late to be used of God. I hope you see it's not too early to be used of God. And wherever you're at in your journey with God, God is at work in your life and is preparing you for his calling. But you have to say, yes, Lord. 
Moses had to go and approach the burning bush when it was burning and on fire. He had to speak to God, and he still had to go to where God sent him. You have a responsibility. Let's say, yes, Lord, here am I. You have a responsibility like Abraham to go to the land where God will show you. You may not yet know where that's at. But no matter your age, no matter your background, no matter your history, no matter your abilities, God has a purpose and a calling for you. And you need to understand these certain things regarding the call of God as we see in Moses' life. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would be with us today and God, that you would help us today. God, continue to work in my life. Continue to draw me to you. Continue to draw us to you. Use us, I pray, in my life, in this church, with these people. Oh, God, won't you use us? Won't we learn from Moses the principles of your calling? Let us not give excuse. Let us not make apology. Let us just be willing. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, my friends, remember I do love you. More importantly, God loves you. Keep your eyes on Him. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you. Till I cry.